Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. You're listening to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your day here with us at the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. This is our first podcast of 2021. Yes, it is a brand new year. Well, we're quite off to a rocky start, but that doesn't mean that the entire year is going to be bad. We need to look at the bright side of things, right? So I think I'm going to have a quite interesting show for you guys today. We're going to do something that I like to call Demonology Gumbo. We're going to go back and revisit 2020 and go over some of the emails, letters that I've received throughout the year of people asking various questions pertaining to the paranormal or not. And we're going to see if we can come up with some intelligent answers to some of these questions. And our very first topic came to me in late August of 2020 from a Miss Diane. Miss Diane writes, Do you think there's a connection between demons and aliens? And my answer to that is absolutely. I think there's more of a connection than what most people think. So when you actually... Let's just take the book of Genesis for an example. Genesis 6. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after when the sons of God came to the daughters of man and bare children by them. They were the mighty men of old, men of renown. So when you think about like the um, Greek mythology of Zeus, the Olympians, and you think about Horus in uh, the Egyptian culture, I mean, these were all portrayed as what? Giants, right? Compared to normal humans so there is a huge connection between what we perceive to be aliens and demons my honest opinion is and i've done a lot a lot of research on this because i was curious about this very question and i was bound and determined to come up with an answer that i was satisfied with aliens are not what we think they are i do not believe that they travel from other galaxies i think these are interdimensional beings and here's why you see when we think of demons when we think of lucifer the bible refers to lucifer as a serpent trace it back through history all cultures worshipped serpents you know the mayans the egyptians the sumerians i mean in their mythology they all worship serpent deities and one alien race that supposedly exists is called the draco which is the reptilians which actually lives in what underneath the earth here on earth now with that being said, think about what the Bible says demons and Lucifer, they're in hell, right? Hades, okay? Underground, hell. Okay, reptilians. Supposedly, that's where they exist. That's where they live. They live underground. So, 
you just have to put the two together and take it for what it is. And also, if you throw in the reference to the book of Enoch, where the, he talks about the watchers, which was the sons of God, the angels saw the daughters of man and lusted over them, and they descended to the summit of Mount Hermon, and they all made an oath together, and they each took wives as though they chose and they bare children by them, which were called, what, the Nephilim, which is a hybrid race. Okay, so when people think of Noah's flood, you know, we generally think that man became so corrupt that God decided to basically wipe the slate clean and start all over. But see, that's only part of the story. The, you know, there was an abomination that took place on earth when the angels defiled themselves and left their first estate, which is their spiritual self, and took on physical bodies and had sex with human women. And the women bore children, which were half angelic and half human, which is also known as the Nephilim. And I would also like to bring this up. When we talk about the Nephilim, so that was an abomination, right? That wasn't God's creation. God did not create the Nephilim like he created us. So as the book of Enoch says that when the Nephilim were abominated and wiped off the face of the earth by the flood that their souls would not rest. In other words, God did not create a heaven for them to go to like he created for us. Their souls would forever roam the earth with a thirst that could not be quenched. We know that angels can indeed take on physical bodies, okay? Because one, the archangel Gabriel, whenever he went to Mary and told her that she was going to bear a child, he appeared as a man. And the Bible even makes reference that says, you know, entertain strangers because you could be entertaining angels. But for me, the dead giveaway is when you talk about abductions, okay, these aliens are abducting us and getting our genetic DNA. Think about this. If these were life forms, intelligent beings from another solar system, and they're trying to, let's just say, save their own race, okay? Why not just clone? Use your own DNA and clone your race. That way, you you know, your, your race will indeed survive. But yet, they want our DNA. I mean, we're very primitive compared to them, right? So why would they be interested in our DNA? However, the Nephilim, they would be very interested in our DNA, right? Because part of their DNA exists within us, Right? So are they trying to create their race? It says in the Bible, there was giants in the earth in those days and also afterwards. And it says that as so it will be when the Son of Man comes back. So when Jesus comes back, the Nephilim will indeed rise again. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing right now. Is That is why they're abducting people, getting our DNA, because... They want to have bodies again. Think about demons in general, right? They want to possess people, right? They want to inhabit a body. So when we think about aliens, they're known as extraterrestrial biological entities. So these are basically 
robots in a way. They're but they're they're made out of organic material, not metal like we think of when we think about robots. I mean, these are just temporary bodies for them to inhabit, right? And then whenever they use us in in a create this hybrid race, well then they have the genetics that they can permanently inhabit. So yes, I truly believe that there is a major connection there. And I think this is actually going to play a huge role when we talk about the book of Revelations and the second coming of Christ and the battle that will take place between the forces of evil and the forces of good. So Miss Diane, again, I wanna thank you for your email. I actually love discussing the topic of UFOs and aliens and how everything ties together. All right, so guys, we will be back with our next question right after these words from our sponsors. I just knew too much. Cajun Hut Jewelry has a wide selection of handmade St. Michael and St. Benedict bracelets as well as handmade rosaries, horseshoe crosses, and also be sure to check out our luxury line of jewelry as well. We make each piece of our handmade jewelry with you in mind. Please be sure to check us out at Cajun Hut Jewelry on Facebook or visit our store at jeremyleonard.net. subject i now offer an online demonology and spiritual warfare 101 course throughout this course you will gain the knowledge that you need to successfully combat the forces of darkness for more information message me on facebook at jeremy leonard or email me at ghostquestparanormal at ymail.com things that I love the most about doing this podcast is finding that perfect bumper music. Now, I've had some people say that they don't like the bumper music, but I do because I try to find specific songs or themes that go with the segment of the podcast, and I think it just ties everything together. You know, I, I like to think of this podcast as not your traditional podcast, because a lot of traditional podcasts, they don't really use bumper music or background music. I like to think of this as kind of like a hybrid type of uh, podcast, so it's something that I really enjoy, just tying everything together. And plus, you got to admit, it sounds really cool. So our next question comes from a Miss Elizabeth, and this is a really good question, guys, so pay attention. My three-year-old son has been having a conversation the past three weeks with his imaginary friend that he calls Johnny. Is this something that I should be concerned with? This is a question that I get asked quite often from concerned parents. Okay, so your son's three years old. So the best way that I can explain this is, okay, children of that age, they're pure. They don't know what's real and what's not. They only see 
or hear what's there, okay? So as we grow up, we're told that ghosts or spirits are not real. So our brain is growing and developing at the same time. The way our brain works is it's like a well-oiled machine. Our brain only recognizes patterns that it's used to, okay? So let's see, an example of this would be, okay, you look up in the sky, right? And you look at the clouds and you see a Volkswagen or a teddy bear, things like that. Well, it's just random shapes, but your brain tries to make sense of it and it's going to relate it to something that it's familiar with so that the brain can process what the eyes are seeing and here's a perfect example of this so most adults when they they see a spirit or something is usually something that catches their attention out of the corner of their eye right and the reason that is is because even if you see it with your sight the brain does not know how to process what it is seeing Okay, that's why it's always like out of just right out of your, your, your peripheral vision and it's out of the corner of your eye. It's because the brain is not able to process it because it's something that the brain is not understanding. Okay, so children, on the other hand, they're not pre-programmed, okay? They don't know what's real and what's not. They only know what's there. So... It is quite common for young children from the age of two to three years old to around six or seven years old to have imaginary friends. Now, does this mean that it's a demonic entity um, that you should be concerned with? No, because I'm going to tell you why. Children are protected by the blood of Christ up until the age of puberty, right? Children are pure. Their spirit's pure. They don't know sin, right? Because they don't know right from wrong. When you get to the age where you know right from wrong, that is when a demonic entity could possibly try to tie in or get the right from someone to have an infestation. So, if, you're, if your child is seeing a spirit or talking to a spirit in the house, right, and you're not experiencing any type of paranormal activity, um, no, I wouldn't be concerned with that. You know, however, if your child is very playful with the imaginary friend during the day, but at night the child is terrified, right? So it's like the Uncle Bob or Uncle Johnny or Johnny, whoever he was, you know, they're friends during the day, but at night, you know, the child is terrified to be in the room, right? Because Johnny scares him. That is when I would say that there is a concern. But as long as the child is not being terrorized in any way, I wouldn't be as concerned. Okay, even though children are protected by the blood of Christ up until the age of puberty or of the age when they understand the difference between right and wrong, that they are protected. However, the entities can scare them. And the reason they would do this is because these entities feed off of this energy of terrorization, negative energy. You got to remember, energy feeds off of itself. There's two types of energies in the world. There's positive energy and negative energy. Well, naturally, a demonic entity is of a negative nature. So it wants to feed off of that energy. And the more that 
it can strike fear into a child, you know, the more negative energy that it has to feed off of and the more of a grip that the entity can have in a home, especially within the early stages of infestation. But if the child isn't experiencing any of that, then look, this is a perfectly normal thing. This happens a lot. Um, I wouldn't worry about it too much. However, I would be vigilant and pay attention to the child's conversation with these spirits and, you know, just see in general what the conversation consists of. You know, a lot of time, our loved ones that has passed on, you know, they, they come to check up on you from time to time. And it's quite common that they would communicate with a young child because that child can see them or experience them in the physical plane that we live in when adults, some adults can, but most adults, they can't because the brain has been programmed. You know, guys, whether you want to believe it or not, we're, we're all programmed. The way we think, what we think is right, what we think is wrong, everything is programmed, and it, it manipulates our thought in what we perceive to be right and wrong in the world by what we're programmed. So rest assured, I do not believe that your child is in any immediate danger. But it's important to pay attention, listen to the conversations when you can without the child knowing. That way you can put yourself at ease and know, you know, what type of spirit you're dealing with simply just by the conversation. So I hope I was able to answer your question for you. And if you have any more questions on the subject or any of you guys for that matter, email me at jeremyleonard at ymail.com. And it may take me a few days to get back to you, but eventually I will, I promise. So our next question comes from Joel. And Joel would like to know when it comes to paranormal activity, are spirits more active at night? than they are at day, or are they the same? Joel, this is also a very good question. So to answer this question properly, we're going to have to do it in two parts. First, when we talk about ghosts or spirits, which were humans at some point in time, the activity is the same during the day than it would be at night. However, when we go about our daily lives, our daily routine during the day, we don't, we don't really pay attention as much as we do at night. You know, after we've settled down and we're relaxing, you know, then we would tend to recognize things or hear things more than we would during the day because during the day most of us I know my life is very hectic I don't have time to notice any of these things during the day right so but as far as the activity goes yeah look I mean I, I've done homes I've done investigations during the day you know most paranormal investigators though in particular they like to do the investigations at night because you know, they could use some of their equipment to their advantage, such as infrared cameras. You know, infrared picks up a light spectrum that we can't see with the naked eye, and you can um, capture full-body apparitions or mist or whatnot that you can't see with the human eye, just like we captured on uh, 
episode three of Ghost of Morgan City when we captured the full body apparition. That was captured on IR cameras, um, actually IR security cameras that we had set up all along the perimeter and inside the house. So, you know, when it comes to collecting um, evidence of a haunting, it's to our advantage to do it at night. But as far as the spiritual activity, it's just as much during the day as it is at night. Now, when it comes to the demonic realm, you're definitely going to have more activity at night than you are during the day. You have to realize demons have a very specific way on how they operate and why they operate the way they do, right? So demons in particular, most everything they do is going to be a mock against the Trinity, which is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so you have what you call the witching hour, which is midnight to 3 a.m., okay? So, which is a three-hour period that ends at 3 a.m. So, you know, again, the number three there. You have to really pay attention to the symbolism. And this is another way that you can kind of sort out whether you're dealing with an earthbound spirit or something else by simply recognizing what's going on, when it's going on, and see if there is a pattern. You know, like when it comes to demonic hauntings, in particular infestations. So it's common to have knocking in the walls, usually comes in a series of three. Uh, you may have scratches, which is three scratches. Um, so, you know, again, there is a pattern there. And they're most active between midnight and 3 a.m. So if you're experiencing that, then, you know, you might want to call someone to come and help you get that thing out of your house before the stage of oppression occurs. And then it really gets more complicated. And if you squash the bug early on in the infestation stages, it makes things a lot easier, especially for the exorcist or demonologist. All right, guys, unfortunately, we have to take another short break and we will be right back. for all the latest information on Paracons, public appearances, and television appearance, and my 2021 lecture tour at jeremyleonard.net. Also, we are on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist, as well as the Cajun Ministry. Also, check us out on Instagram and Twitter under Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. And thank you all for your support. Alright, we are back for our final segment of the evening. We've had some pretty good questions tonight, if I do say so myself. And I hope you guys may have learned something. But, you know, there's always that one that makes you say, What the hell? Man, what the hell is wrong with you? 
Were you born stupid or did your mama drop you on your head when you was a baby? Yep, this next question comes straight from my infamous You're a Dumbass file. And it goes a little something like this. This comes from Spencer. Hello, I don't know if you're actually going to read this, but if you do, my name is Spencer. And I actually believe I have had a demonic attachment for many years now. I am a Satanist. Say what? I have used Ouija boards. What? And have had asked demonic spirits to come through. I have a satanic Bible that I read and I do practice rituals. I have had very bad luck and my life has literally gone to shit. But I need to know if I have a demonic attachment. Please message me ASAP. So... Have you ever read something so acidine such as this to where after reading it, you just wish you had a superpower where you can literally just reach through this message and just slap this dude's face right off of his head for being a dumbass? So I'm going to reply to this the same way that I applied to the original post when he said, Well, Spencer, what were you expecting? Santa Claus and cookies? I mean, let's just dissect this for a moment, or at least try to comprehend. He says he's a Satanist, he's used Ouija boards, and have had asked demonic spirits to come through. He has a Satan Bible. He has practiced Satanic rituals. So, this is the issue. Whatever reason this guy decided to get into this, and oh, you know, Conjuring up demons, it's going to be all fun and glory and games and all of that. I mean, what did you expect? You're such a dumbass, you put yourself in this situation. And, you know, unfortunately, you're not the first person that I have ever dealt with with something as idiocracy such as this. So, you go and you put yourself in this situation. You did this to yourself, but yet now, when... It's affecting your life while all of a sudden now you want someone to come and help you. You want someone else to put their life in danger to try to free you of something that you just invited in with open arms? No, man. Not me. Not this guy. You know what? I say this. You made your bed, you're going to lie in. There are always consequences to our actions. And when you openly put yourself in this situation such as this out of being ignorant no you know what i've learned a long time ago you can't save everybody sometimes you just have to just walk away and that is what i would choose to do in a situation like this because i'm going to tell you anytime that you do spiritual warfare against a demonic entity you are putting yourself your life in danger because it can go horribly wrong and that is a risk that I am not willing to take. All right. So, you know, guys, I have a whole bag full of these. But unfortunately, we're out of time for this episode. I'm going to have to do a second part of what I like to call demonology gumbo. Now you see why I call this demonology gumbo, right? Because, look, if you live in the South, you know what gumbo is, right? It's, it, it's your own creation, basically. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no right way to do it. It's just throwing all the ingredients in that big pot and stirring it and just getting it just right. But sometimes you can burn your brew, if you know what I mean. 
Well, guys, I've really enjoyed our time together today, and I hope you did as well. And I will have the second part of the gumbo series up within the next week. And till then, see ya. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Yeah.